are listening to Up To Me Radio, the best in inspirational talk radio. It's up to me. Welcome to Keep It It Real with Jimbo, where you can listen to relevant conversations of everyday life with everyday people. And now here is Jimbo. Welcome to the latest episode of Keeping It Real with Jimbo. And, you know, today's guest, oh gosh, man, uh, he is an amazing person with a beautiful soul that has been on such an incredible journey. And, um, wow, um, for those of you you know, who have listened to my show before or know a little bit about uh, Jimbo, Jimmy Harlow, myself, you know, I, I you know, I, I'm, I'm a grunt Marine. I played sports, um, like to go hunting and fishing, like the outdoors. Uh, my background is, is health and fitness, but the journey that, that this man has been on and the things that he took from it and the people that he met and the emotions that, ha- you know, I, I just, I really don't know where to start, but I want to welcome Jonathan stalls to the show. And Jonathan had, you know, Jonathan is an entrepreneur. He's an artist. Um, he wrote a book called walk, slow down, wake up and connect at one to three miles per hour, which we'll get into. And I want him to talk about that a little bit, but Jonathan, welcome to the show, man. Oh, thank you so much for that intro and invitation. I'm honored to be here, man. (laughs) You know, Jonathan, you know, I really don't know where to start, to be honest with you. And I really just want to kind of dive right in and I'd like to really kind of talk about the walk and the journey and why you did it, what you got out of it, you know, how you can help people and really just kind of go from there, man. I mean, what, what <laughs> why did you decide to walk across the United States of America? Oh yeah. Well, thank you. It, yeah. You know, there's so many, so many reasons I, you know, things that I, things that I definitely wouldn't have had the words for back then. This was in 2010, um, but looking back on it and as I've reflected on it since, uh, the primary reason was really survival in some ways, um, recalibrating, uh, healing. You know, I I was going through a lot of really hard things on the inside. Uh, My mental health was really rough um, and it was getting worse and worse. I was just feeling more and more disconnected um, from just feeling healthy uh, inside and and in my body, and I, so I just knew I needed an experience, something that would just that would just recalibrate, help help me reground, help me learn new things, help me let go of things I no longer needed, and so I was I was on that journey to figure out what that would be, and uh, kind of in the middle of that discernment, I stumbled across a uh, a very um, just outside the wall book sale of our library at at my college in Denver. I was finishing college at the time. And there was a book called Walk Across America by Peter Jenkins. It was 20 cents, grabbed the book, 
it was staring right into my soul. I, I, I sat on a chair, a sticky leather chair in this library, and I read that book in a day and a half, uh, canceled all my classes, threw the book at the wall, cried, highlighted, ripped pages out. <laughs> I was a mess. And it was just, it, it was that book and that, that container of walking across the U.S. Um, it was just something that was so clarifying for me. It's like, that, that's what I need. I need to slow down. I want to just stumble upon people uh, as I move. I want time with the natural world and with mountains and deserts. And I want to simplify and live out of a backpack. I want to, and I want to, I want to spend some time with what's really going on on the inside and, and let, let kind of the walking pace help to see it, feel it and, and maybe heal some of it. So I don't, I wouldn't have had all those words back then, but that's exactly the primary reason. I just wanted to slow down and and throw myself into the unknown and 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 change things up so yeah it was eight and a half months 242 days from the delaware coast to san francisco yeah <laughs> eight and a half months so you yeah. know something there's there's nine things that that i took from a youtube video that i thought were extremely interesting and i would like to talk about some of those and kind of go through some of those experiences that, that you got. And you talked about joy. You talked about freedom. You talked about peace, truth, mm -hmm. connection, health, honesty, courage, and love. Mm -hmm. And those are things that, that you work on every second, every hour, every day you know, every minute of yourself, I, I was extremely enamored by that. And, you know, I make a lot of mistakes in my personal life and nobody's perfect, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I really, I, you know, I ask God to help me make the right decisions on a daily basis when you're, when you're actually in the moment, which is when it's the most important, you know, and sometimes I've failed and sometimes I've succeeded but I think that we all have to strive and to do better and to look more into people and to trust people. And I think that's, you know, one of the things that you're, that you got out of your journey. And I want to kind of touch on some of those things. And, you know, can you tell me, you know, just maybe some of the stories or what you got out of your journey while you were along the way? Oh yeah. Yeah. And thank you for that. Yeah. A lot of those words and, I, I, I honor just your, your frame of the imperfection of it all. Like, I think it's such a huge theme, especially in this time is, I, I, I mean, in all times, but just this, we're just, we're messy people. And I think that I'm a messy person. And, you know, the second chapter in the book is titled walking as humility. And it's all about, you know, kind of fumbling and the fact that gravity wants us down falling all the time. And, you know, we, we, we try to pick ourselves up and stay upright. You know, even if you're on a wheelchair, you're still, you're still trying in some ways physically. And I just think it's such a humbling example, but that's essentially, that's what the walking, you know, to your question across the U S I mean, it, it's such a, um, in and of itself, there's a humility in the pace, um, just really slowing down and approaching people and and their stories and life experiences um, in a way that's unhurried um, 
I think that is just it it's such a it's such a teacher in and of itself to go through uh, spaces and places and, and relationships or questions or learning about the other um, in an unhurried way, in a more open way, in a spacious way, uh, in a humbling way. And that's what so much of this walk taught me related to uh, connecting with the earth and the natural world and animals and trees and and connecting with other people from all these different backgrounds and and connecting with the things that kind of rumble and fumble and tumble on the inside. And I, uh, you know, I'm, I identify as queer gay and I grew up in a church environment that was pretty, um, pretty hostile to that lived experience. And so I buried it and I hid it and it was, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm an artist. I'm really sensitive. I, I feel things really deeply. I've always been gay, queer. That's ever since the seventh grade. I've always been an artist. And I grew, I grew up moving every two years of my life. So I was always a new student. So I'm getting teased on top of all that as a kid. So there's, there's just these stacking things. And I talk about it in the book just to offer background for kind of how I have shaped this kind of walking artist work life. And, um, you know, I suppressed things. I buried things. I hid things. I, I you know, I didn't, I, I didn't feel safe, comfortable, invited. I didn't feel seen in a lot of the spaces I was in growing up. And so it all got buried. And, and I also have a lineage of, of suicide in my family. And so a lot of my family members have taken their lives and, and it's this thread in my, in my family lineage that is really complicated. And so when I was in my mid twenties, that was, that was on the table. It was like, this is too hard. The world isn't ready. The world doesn't want a sensitive, gay, queer, male identifying, <laughs> whatever. Like I just, mm-hmm. it was like, so the alternative is to, is to end it. And, and, you know, from a, from a lot of gifts and, and surprises uh, within those months of really being on the edge, you know, it was trees, it was nature, it was moving slowly that got me out of that. And so this long walk was just an extension of like, okay, I'm kind of, I'm crawling out and I no longer want the weight and the heaviness and the pressure of what I, of what doesn't serve me or see me or honor, you know, my, just the things that are very real and true for me. It's, I'm not, you know, and, and so this walk to have 242 days to just move with these families or these, these different people to move inside of, uh, to move alongside horses and cows for hours at a time to, to be so present to sunrises and sunsets and color and transition to, to see the way trees and branches twist and bend and break and the wounds of these beautiful mature oak trees and to be in the desert in the early morning and to watch and observe wild horses as the sun is rising. Um, you know, and, and the hospitality of people. I, I was walking for 242 days and I, I was hosted by 120 strangers. And so when you are invited into the homes or you're moving alongside people from literally every background you can imagine, class, race, religion, no religion, uh, just different political realities. And you just, you just physically move with someone and they're, in their body and their experience, your shoulder to shoulder, your next. Cause I had a lot of people who would kind of 
can I join you for an hour or a day or half a day? Or, you know, before we invite you to stay over in our house, I'm just going to walk with you for a little bit. <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> right, like, it's right. like, I'm not sure about you, man. You got a wolf, you're six, four, like, I had to, my dog was with me, blue healer, husky mix. He joined, and so he looked like a wolf. <laughs> and I, you know, I, I, I don't want to interrupt you because I've, I've really listened to the story, man. But I, yes. I, I did want to know. I did. I, I gotta ask this one, man. You do have a dog with you, and his name is Kanoa, or his, or him, or her. It's a he, yeah. It's him. him. A, a dog. You have a dog with you, so I'm just kind of. You know, one of the questions in the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, so this guy's strolling down the road with a backpack and a dog, which I got, yeah. you know, <laughs> Hey, I get it, man. Hey, doing his thing, whatever, man. Hey, I'm, I'm all, I'm, I'm, I'm all down for it. Yeah. But, but, but the thing that I'm wondering is, is, is like, <laughs> and I don't know if this is the Marine in me and I was talking with, <laughs> uh, with Beth and, you know, and, and I'm like, well, you know, I understand, you know, you got to go, you're doing your thing, you got your, but you got to have a plan, man. You got to have, you got to have <laughs> like, okay, it's going to take me this far to get this far. I got this dog with me. Is, is, is somebody that I meet, what if they don't like dogs? How do I close them on liking the dog? Oh, he's a nice puppy, <laughs> you know? And then you got, well, if, what happens if I don't make it? And yeah. you were talking about how you were going over through like a dam or something. It started flooding and you yes. didn't watch the weather. And you were kind of some guy was like, get your ass out of the, the, yes. the water, crazy ass, <laughs> get your dogs, get a drive, whatever. And, and, and I was like, okay, well, I get the whole thing about not really giving a, a rat's butt and just kind of going. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I want to know a story about, you know, did anybody not like the dog? Um, you know, mm -hmm. did you get hurt? Did you know how many sure. encounters you talked about a bobcat? And I know I'm going, I, I totally changed the trajectory accidentally here, but man, I, just, right. I, I wanted to know so bad. <laughs> so I, yeah. I'm going to shut up and let you tell me a story. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a good question. And I, you know, it, it, I, I think it was the unknowns and the terrified nature that of it all for me, at least I grew up you know, even though I moved every two years, I grew up pretty sheltered. I went from one suburban neighborhood to the next. I, I describe it a lot as kind of like my cheek pressed up on the inside of an, of an, like a, the passenger side of a, of a car kind of watching the world go by. And, you know, I just didn't have, there was just, I didn't have a lot of outdoor experience. I wasn't confident in the outdoors. There were just different things that, you know, I I'm a sports guy too. So I played basketball. I was I trained. That was, that was an outlet for me. My dad was played in the NFL. Like I, there were, <laughs> there's a sports reality in my blood. I'm competitive. Like it's, it's in there. And so some of that was driving like the walk, like you can do this. You can get through the flooding river. You can get to the tent. Like you just got to like, and so there was some planning each day around like, you know, what, what are some, what are some different routes? What talking to local people, going into local libraries and saying, Hey, this is where I'm trying to go by the end of the day. I would make phone calls to uh, anybody in these small towns that I would be getting into to ask like thoughts on where I could put my tent up for the night. And I'd How'd be you very get their phone number. Did you just go, go to the yellow page or something? Yeah. So it was, sometimes it was that, um, I had like one of the very first smartphones ever made <laughs> it, this was in 2010. So it was like the heavy, 
like it had the tight box and it and it opened and it was like a oh it was so heavy (laughs) and (laughs) it's it's just funny 2010 it's not that long ago and yet it feels in the cell phone reality it feels like an eternity but it's so I did use I, I went where I had service I would use that and 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 make phone calls to local uh local places so that was helpful people kind of knew some people knew I was coming in and they could help me and I had a pitch like I said I'm walking across the US this is what I'm hoping to do I also was raising awareness for an organization because I knew I wanted to get out of myself a little bit I wanted something that would help me to connect with community so there was an organization called Kiva that helps to start small um, micro loans for people who are starting or who are having any kind of, um, you know, maybe uh, like a natural disaster that impacts their small business or they want to start a small business. It helps mm-hmm. communities start and sustain and, and keep their businesses healthy. And I just really, I, I loved their mission. And so I would, I would, I would work. I'd say I'm, I'm walking across the U.S. I'm helping to raise support and awareness for this organization. I'm looking for a place to stay. I'm going to be out the next morning. So that would really help. It would help to disarm a lot of the, you know, where you, where you might plant, you know, the tent. But a lot of the times, to your question, I just I would just have to put the tent somewhere and it would be in a ditch. It'd be under a highway <laughs> right. overpass. Like, you're just not going to figure it out like that all the time. And, right, right. And, you know, I, it was and, and there were times absolutely where I'd be walking up. Sometimes I would walk up to you know attempt to walk up to a ranch or or someone working at a ranch at a bar like in their barn area or working you know in the in the house or the office or the you know I'd be walking up to the properties and sometimes you could just feel like okay they're either grabbing a shotgun or my gut is telling me they're already holding the shotgun and they're watching me (laughs) turn around um and it's just how like you know, I, I developed this instinct, right? That I, you know, and I, I, I'm curious in with your time in the Marines, but I just there's the instinctual realm where you just start feeling whether or not an environment is safe or not safe or something. You, and so I started to learn pretty quickly. You know, I'm heading in one direction. I'm like, mm, that doesn't feel good. I'm going to go a different path, um, <laughs> even though I'm not visually seeing anything. My my gut is telling me this isn't you don't want to go this way and that old gut will help you out won't it it helps and that so that was a big part of it it just started working that muscle um there were some you know i've got some unique uh kind of what could have been who knows i may not be here anymore stories from the desert like there are unique people in the desert and (laughs) i was out walking on my own my I did not have my dog when I was walking through parts of Utah and all of Nevada and what happened to the dog I just it was too hot it was too the days would have been 30 mile day walking days without a lot of water or without any water and I just he's a big husky blue healer like it for all for so many reasons it just it just didn't feel right to have him out there in the middle of the desert with especially right. with all the spurs on his paw pads and the, so it was hard to say goodbye to him for that stage but i had friends that brought him out to finish with me in california so right. um so there were some things where i got you know tomatoes thrown on me from teenagers i had some interesting encounters trying to approach homes in different spaces at times why did they throw tomatoes on you oh teenagers are just i mean they're just any excuse i I mean because i was i was a i was a 
an obvious presence. Like I had a huge backpack. I had a sign that had my website on it. I had walking poles. I had my Husky. I just was this, I was a target for anybody that was driving by, especially in the smaller towns. So at first it was shocking, but then, you know, you just like the teenagers are just, you know, they're being cool kids in high school and <laughs> it, it didn't happen a lot, but it was, it sucked when it did. And you, uh, you know, <laughs> Wow, that that's kind of interesting. There's a guy sure. playing a violin outside of Target over there on Westheimer uh, <laughs> every Sunday, yeah. getting collecting money. But but you know, I, but man, you know something though. I want to bring this back because I want you to talk to me about the Derby, brother. I want you to talk to me about Dodge City. I want you to tell me <laughs> some of the endearing stories, you know, oh, about yeah. how you encountered, you know, joy, trust, yeah. you know, uh, uh, connection, health. I, I want you to tell me some of those interesting and, and there's, look, brother, you, you certainly answered my question about, you know, uh, Kanoa, right? Kanoa is his name. Yeah. 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 About uh -huh. Kanoa and the dog and, and, and about, you know, so you you had it, okay. It wasn't such a freaking joy ride. You know what I mean? There there mm -hmm. was pleasure, there was emotion, there was oh, yeah. there was trials and tribulations, there was struggle, there was pain, there was life, mm -hmm. there was probably race, kids, bullying, you know, whatever, you know. So first off, you endured it. And your your survival instinct as a human being got you through it. I believe in God, so hey, man, God, somebody, somebody got <laughs> you through it. Whether it was willpower, God, yeah, yeah. Buddha, whoever, whatever people <laughs> want, whatever road people want to go down, man, I'm not that kind of yeah. guy, man. You know, so, but you made it, my God, and that's crazy, and it's insane, and there's got to be so many pride prideful emotional you know hey i made it this far keep going let's you know i i think i remember you heard, and i and i agree man it's like hey man i made it across america mm -hmm. let's go across let's go across ethiopia let's go across africa Let, let's go across the world i think you talked about a lady that walked across the world one time yeah yeah, yeah. tell me a little i'm gonna shut up and tell me a little bit about some of the positive stories and some of the things that you got from it, man. I want to hear the Derby story again. Tell us about that in Dodge City. Talk about that. <laughs> tell me some stories. Talk to talk to me, old G. Oh yeah. Well, thank you for that. I, you know, I'll just first share just the connected to what you were what you were sharing a little bit. The, you know, I left on this walk with one of the things I use in the writing in the book a lot, but just in general, when I talk about it is I really, you know, the term rite of passage, wherever that meets you, however that meets you, you know, this, this kind of growing into newer, stronger skin where I feel like I feel strong. I feel, you know, not perfect, always messy, but like, I feel stronger. I feel like I have what it takes. I have what it takes to say hard things, to feel, to feel rooted and grounded, to, 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 to defend things that, that, that don't work for me, but to go after things that bring me joy and excitement. And I wouldn't have been able to say that, own that, feel that when I stepped on, when I started on the East coast on March 1st, 
And when I finished in San Francisco, man, I ran into that beach, into that water. I had a hundred people who were host families and different communities and connections that flew out and joined me at, uh, in the, you know, as I finished the walk on the Pacific Ocean um, on November 13th uh, that year. And it was night and day how strong I felt, how confident I felt, how I just, I, I felt kind of like what you said. I just, I could do any I, anything. I could walk mm -hmm. anywhere. I could go anywhere. There just was this confidence of, it was so beautiful. It was so celebratory. It was, it was prideful in a really healthy, grounded way. And so much. So you were asking about, you know, the, the Derby in, in Louisville and Dodge city. And so, <laughs> so much of it was the spontaneous, I, you know, I call it kind of the evolution of like the evolving of trust in these circumstances or in these moments. Um, you know, I'd be walking through, and this is kind of back to the, the, the frame of, a humble kind of unhurried walking pace, just kind of giving way to the opportunity to just bump into people and, and kind of create these trust stories over time is, you know, so often I would, um, you know, fumble into a conversation with someone, they'd ask what I'm doing, I tell them what I'm doing, and we start talking or they're walking with me and it would turn into, hey, like, let's, can we have you over for dinner? Or, hey, tomorrow, my cousins live in the town, I'll give them a call. Or, hey, 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 or, hey, I saw you yesterday, here's a lasagna. Or, hey, like, these, it would, it, it was just an endless, endless amount of hospitality and invitation. Uh, and and just building my capacity to, to believe in the goodness of people amongst all our positions and postures and where however we identify and I just it was every day like different people would affirm and build um that groundwork and so yeah some of the stories I, there's so many stories um the derby to your to your to get specific with that one it was you know I had no idea I was not tracking um the derby I wasn't tracking <laughs> any of this it was not on my radar um so these things would happen all the time but I'd like I was walking into Louisville and I'm like, damn, you know, there's just so many people like dressed up, big hats. And I'm I'm not putting it together. I'm walking into Louisville. You would think I would like pick that up maybe two days before someone would talk to me about it a week before. But I wasn't picking up. I wasn't tracking it. And I just so I walked into Louisville over the bridge and into the town. And I'm just like, Louisville is is popping. Like, <laughs> this place is like this place is a whole out of the out of the, I, I was just shocked. I'm like, and I'm not putting it together. I've never watched, tracked, understood Derby, didn't know. I mean, I knew of it somewhat in some idea in my brain, but I was so disconnected from media at the time. I mean, I was using social media to share about my journey, but I wasn't. <laughs> anyway, so obviously once I got downtown and I saw the signs, it was just, I had a really funny moment at the park where I'm just laughing at myself because I was for the first hour walking into the city I was just I was just full of shock at how how busy how colorful how expressive how the hats the dresses so that was just really funny and then I um you know I met some I, I met somebody I the the day was it the two days before not two days I think it was maybe a week before um I had uh gone into um, an event in Madison, Indiana, and there was a, an artist, a singer songwriter there who was just, 
I, they invited me to share a little bit about my walk. And then she just happened to be a musician there because that's where she was from. But she was a really uh, well-known and is a very well-known musician in that area. And she was so, um, you know, just inspired and, and interested in my journey. And she just kind of, she left me her card. And so I, you know, looked up her website because she told me she'd be playing music in Louisville that weekend. And you know, obviously didn't know it was Derby weekend. And so I stumbled into the the restaurant bar lounge area where she was playing and, um, oh my God, just fell in love with her music. She invited me backstage. We ended up like, I was backstage while she was performing and she would come back and we would just have some drinks and laugh and connect. And I ended up staying with her at her place. And, um, so that kind of story, even though it seems kind of simple, you know, that these days would start off where I would just get up and I'd start walking and I'd have no idea who I would meet and how it would end up. And, uh, you know, so to have that Louisville, you know, that, that story of connection and surprise and staying with this amazing, uh, really popular musician in the area. And, you know, fast forward to Kansas, you asked about Dodge city. I want to say one thing before you talk about Dodge City. So sure, yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, you talk about not being connected with the world, and I, look, man, if I rolled up in Louisville, and me, I, <laughs> I, I'd be like, whoa, holy cow! I, 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 I thought I bust up is a queen of England somewhere around here. Literally, it was weird. What's going on? It was weird. <laughs> It threw me off. I'm telling you. And people just laugh like you should have known. How could you not know? Like, I didn't know. And so I was like, this is this this place is on something else. <laughs> I can I could just I'm sorry, man. I could just picture that in my mind. I just think I I, I thought I was at the Renaissance Fest or something. Literally. But, I, what was but going uh on. but yeah, man. And then and then another thing I want to interject. So you really didn't have uh I mean, obviously the goal was to get across and the goal, you know, the goal was to make it across America. The goal was to, you know, find yourself and your inner being and and so on and so forth, which you did, you know, which is amazing. So, uh, but you didn't really have like an actual, you know, so I guess what I'm saying is if you met a cool person like the, the lady that you met the singer songwriter you know there there wasn't really a timeline so if you wanted to hang out for two or three days and push on or, you know right. did you have a specific kind of just am I, am I making sense in other words you really didn't have a, if you want to hang out for a week or three days you could and then yeah. move on was that kind of the deal Absolutely. And it was very intentional. Like I, that was very intentional. I did not want to rush. This wasn't a race. I didn't want to, I had no, the only thing that was just encouraging some, some sort of timeline was I, I really didn't want to walk in the Sierra Nevadas uh, with snow. So I was, I was mindful that, okay, if I'm going to, if I'm going to get across the Sierras in California before it starts snowing, I do need to like, I, I have I have I have some limited, you know, stretches of time that I can take off. And so that was the only thing that was floating in terms of what would keep me going a little bit more. But, yeah, I had a lot of room to take a day off or two days off or to, I took a week off in Colorado. I took a couple extra days off in the desert because I just I loved the desert. 
And, um, you know, there were certain families or just my body or Kanoa, you know, was just like, dude, thanks for the walk. <laughs> I need a break. Um, and and so, why did you like yeah. the desert the, the best? What did you like the best? Uh, you know, I just the 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 high desert of Nevada. So I walked the what they call the loneliest highway in America. It's the one that you probably see in all the photos where the road just gets lost into the distance into the you know, it there's you know, it's a week of walking at least between any sort of town or junction or and so you're I, I was just in complete openness, rarely any cars. And when the cars would come by, it was usually like, what the fuck? You're walking? What do you mean? Right. Who are you? Why? Like, you're creeping <laughs> us out, but you're inspiring us. Right. And, you know, like I, ha I had this custom baby stroller, essentially, that was turned into a, a, a walking cart. And this, this is the woman, Polly Latovsky, who's a friend of mine who did a walk across the world. And mm -hmm. she has this custom Bob baby stroller that I borrowed for my time in the desert. And so it looked like from a distance, I was pushing a baby across the desert. <laughs> right, right. So people were, that was amazing. But you know, people would, I, they would ask if I needed anything. I'd be like, hell yes. Like, give me, if you can get me some, this is what I wanted. I wanted what at the, you know, I wanted water, Dr. Pepper, beer and gummy bears. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, if you can get me those four things and if you can bury it at mile marker 226, that would be <laughs> at, the, at the end of my day. Uh, you'd be an angel. And they would. So many people would come would I'd, I'd arrive at my destination as the sun is going down, not a human in sight. And I would unearth gummy bears beer and water and put my tent wherever I want because it was mostly BLM public land and it was the most peaceful like it just you know I have this in the book at the so the last chapter is titled walking is mystery and the first story in it is is a story of an encounter with the UFO that I had in the desert and mm -hmm. and it was unbelievable it was unreal un you can't i couldn't even begin to put all the the right words to it and hey now before i want you to tell me the story but before you tell me you didn't drink too many of them beers there you? were no i'm telling you this and I, like, you are my freaking hero this, this man is, walking across beers carbs people you could drink beers it's okay drink beer walk across america tell me about I'm the ufo you. jonathan I'm telling you. Well, I might have to steer people to the book because you're going to. I'm going to get to that. Tell me, gonna, tell me, tell me about the UFO. <laughs> everything I say after this story. No, it was. Oh, y'all, it was just. I was. This was coming over Sacramento Pass, which is. Um, and so, another thing that I loved about the desert is the desert people, like people that live in the desert. I mean, all over the map. I stayed. Two nights I stayed uh, in two different communes. So people who live in kind of communal living who are mostly off grid. I stayed in like with a couple people who are like from mining families in like in these small mining towns. Um, I, so the like just the mix of people out in the desert. I connected a lot with the indigenous community out there at different stages, which was so grounding and I, so the people out there were just amazing. So I'm staying in a commune community. This is outside of Baker, Nevada, which is right outside of Great Basin National Park. And it's right when you get into Nevada off of Utah. And the family that I was staying with as we're looking up at the stars. Now, I had my friend Jolene with me for she was joining me for a week. And 
they said, well, there's a lot of strange activity up here. So just keep an eye. We don't really, it's newer stuff that we're seeing. It's really, it's, it's, it's out there. And I'm like, y'all are the strange activity, please. I don't believe you. Like y'all are weird. You're living out here. You're doing your, <laughs> I was just yeah. like, whatever. And the next day we, we leave the commune and we go up over Sacramento pass, come back down. And so in Nevada, there's over 350 mountain ranges. It's the most mountainous state in the, in the country. And so you're going up and over these mountain ranges constantly throughout, um, you know, the, throughout the walk across the state. And so I, we went up over the, the mountain range and then went down into the valley and it was getting dark. And so we put, um, put our tents down and, my friend Jolene, her tent was facing the other side of the valley. Mine was facing the, the south side and it was getting cold. Now, we had also been warned the day before that there were mountain lions out and that they were hungry because they don't have enough food. <laughs> so it was extra incentive to stay down in the valley rather than up, up in the mountains. Right. And so we're so tents are up. It's get, she's getting cold. So I had an extra blanket in the stroller. I, I grabbed the blanket, opened my my tent shield and my tent hand her the blanket and as i'm coming back down I, I literally see and i am not on anything there's we're not taking any drugs i might have had one beer <laughs> y'all and so this I, as i'm rolling back down in my sleeping bag towards the facing the other direction i see this really bright colorful something um up over sacramento pass and it's, it's, it's blazing. It's, it's loud. It's, but I can't make it out because I can't see through the tent. So I open the tent and then I start getting out and it is, it is as clear as <laughs> it was literally. And I describe it in the book. Like it looked like a floating flying jellyfish in the sky. So I call it jellyfish in the sky. And it, it had kind of these tent, these tentacle things that were underneath it. It was transitioning from green, orange, and yellow. And it was, Kind of like a, the way the jellyfish kind of moves through the water as it as it opens and closes and opens and closes. That's exactly what this thing was doing up in the air. So it didn't so, look like a spaceship. It looked like a jellyfish. It really kind of looked more like a jellyfish than a spaceship. And it was it was it's not like this little blurry blip that you see in most UFO photos. It's right. like this thing was like, <laughs> you know, right. So right. I I'm pretty lucid. I'm like. That's great, Jonathan. That's a fun little thing going on in your eyes or in your brain. Like, <laughs> so I do the whole like eye rubbing thing and then I open my eyes again and it's still there. And then, and so at that point, like I start cussing because I don't know what else to do. <laughs> and so Jolene is hearing me cuss and she just assumes it's a mountain lion. So of course I lose my witness because she just burrows in her sleeping bag and I'm going towards the UFO uh, and I am just, I'm like, okay, this isn't real. I'm still, this isn't real. So then I, I, I do the whole eye blurring thing again. I like hit my face and hit my cheeks and I'm like, I'm, I'm like hitting my, you know, cause I'm like, am I alive? Am I dreaming? Am is this, and it was all, I would open my eyes again. It's still there. It's still floating over the mountain. And then I, <laughs> I do like, if I you tell me it zapped you up, I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to, <laughs> you're going you're gonna to hit stop on the recording. I don't um, know. 
<laughs> no, and I did. I did the whole thing. I did. I got on my knees. I think, you know, so the desert for me was an interesting, I took my clothes off a lot in the desert just because I, I wanted to, I wanted to liberate. <laughs> right, body. right. I got you. I, you know, so I had most of my clothes off at that point. And I'm like, I'm literally like having that moment where I was like, take me with you. Like, I just, you know, whatever. I learned a lot. I walked the <laughs> land, blah, blah, blah. And I, and I, you know, and then I'm just sitting there and I'm observing it. And then I really, I start getting emotional because I'm like, this is so, and then I, I stop doubting it. I stop fighting it. I stop asking it to be me up. <laughs> right, <laughs> and, right. And, and I just have like maybe 30 seconds of just like really being present with it. And I, I start tearing up. It's a really, and as that's happening, it literally turns to the side really quickly faces a certain direction and kind of fires off in, in kind of a, um, like a sliding twisting sort of way out into the distance and, and flies away. And Bro, do you think that was like a UFO or more like a God thing? I, I have no idea. It was just, it was. And so I immediately after it flew away, I'm, I go back to cussing right? <laughs> and I'm like, fuck, what is this shit? And then I, I get my, the first thing I do is I grab my journal and I draw it in detail. Right. Um, and hey, so you're have, an artist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I grab all my things and draw it in detail and, um, you know, and, and for the next, I mean, for weeks after that, I, I just, I was asking local people if they've ever, ever seen anything like it. And there was one person that said they might've seen something like that, but so who knows, but it was, for me, it was one of those experiences where, it just it changes you it just you, you, any and it's why that last chapter in the book is so important to me because it's I, I one of the titles of the paragraph is titled so long certainty because i just you know after you have i mean there were so many things that were um revealing and and helping me kind of let go of, of of things that i was holding on to too tightly but that that experience was just it just kind of blew all the certitude I had left out, out, the, out, all the, out, all the pores. Um, so it was pretty amazing from that day on to really just very intentionally bring in more and more mystery into how I approach people, how I walk through landscapes, how I connect to animals, how I listen to water, how I look up at the sky, how I think about God or spiritual things or, you know buddhas and however people identify and lean into faith and spiritual connection like just 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 a lot of room for mystery and and the spaces between yeah certainly makes you think about everything happens for a reason don't you oh yeah it's just completely yeah 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 you know so i, I tell you what man i want to uh i want to go down a little bit a little bit different road and we're kind of getting a little bit up against it. And I want to make sure I touch on a few more things with you. Uh, one, I wanted to talk about how can people, you know, we could, let's talk about the, I want to talk about the book. I also want to talk about how you do walks and how can people walk with you or um, like, like I, I saw a thing about how leaders can take, is there, there's a program or how leaders, you take leaders on walks and, and helps connect with your employees and, and, and different things of that nature. And I thought that was extremely interesting, you know, 
you know, you know, in, in certain different lines of work, you know, maybe people, they go and they, they go and play golf, right? You know, mm-hmm. I got a good friend of mine who's a banker and they, they go to functions and they play golf and they go hunting and they connect with their clients and, you know, so on and so forth. And I kind of, you know, I thought the going walking was, you know, it's kind of like, you know, I've, I've worked at a lot of gyms and, you know, you work out with your, your fitness manager, you work out with one of your trainers and you get to know them and you, and you, you know, is that kind of, it seems to me somewhat along the same lines as walking with your employees and how can somebody get into that and how can yeah. somebody walk with you? And I realize I'm bombarding you with four or five different things here, but those are some things I wanted to talk about as well as, as well as the book itself. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, yeah. So, at, you know, after the cross country walk, I, it was really, 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 really clear to me that I wanted for my own, it walking became my, my main form of medicine. It was my most trusted practice. It became such a teacher for me. And so I knew I, I wanted to continue making sure and building my work life, my personal life around how can I, how can I maintain a reality that keeps me moving eight, 10, 20, 15 miles a day. Um, so I can be, so I can stay in this place of, you know, just openness and, 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 and healthy body, healthy mind, you know, moving the way I'm made to move in some way. And, but also how can I invite more people into this? One of the things that was really clear on the cross country walk is what would happen after 20 or 30 minutes of moving with other people. I just would see consistently, um, and this, this is hundreds of people. People would just join me. Their families would join me. Their groups would join me for, for like an hour as I would be leaving town. Or So people who would just say, hey, can I join you for a little bit? Or I would invite them to join me for a little bit. It was so consistent after just 20, 30 minutes that adults, older adults, children, teens, mixed generational, mixed backgrounds, after 20 minutes of moving at a walking pace with each other, the, the lightness people would feel the playfulness that would come out, the, the, the thing, the kinds of conversations that people would have with each other, um, the, the things that they would notice and see in their community that they would never see if they hadn't have walked outside of it for like an hour. Like so many people just never spend time walking through their community if they own a car and they drive. So it, all these benefits would just kind of come spilling out all the time. And I just was, it just was clear for me as I, as I was thinking a lot about how divided and, and, and just uh, the, the pitting against whether it's political or class or religion or all these things, I just, I had a lot of passion for how can um, connection through walking or unhurried movement, um, you know, be an invitation. And so, yeah, so walk to connect was a project. It turned into an organization. Um, We called it walk to connect. I just started hosting events with, People, uh, as you said, with different, um, you know, different businesses and organizations and their Mm -hmm. employees, um, Mm -hmm. city and town folks. I also do a lot of work on uh, safety, pedestrian safety and accessibility. So I currently have a project called Pedestrian Dignity, where I host events with elected officials and planners and traffic engineers and um, and residents and a lot of younger folks, too, who are interested in civic engagement and we do these events where we host uh, walking experiences or rolling experiences, if you use a wheelchair, um, to learn about how how can we make places safer and easier for moving the way we're made to. So ho- I, for years, hosting a lot of events around community and connection and health and mental health and 
um, and then doing things related to pedestrian safety. Um, so it's a big part of my work. Walk to Connect had to close as an organization in the in the um, in the in the pandemic, but right, right. The, the, yeah, the people that are still involved, we're still doing programs, we're still doing trainings, and we're we're working on um, you know figuring out where Walk to Connect needs to live. We're actually working on a couple of partnerships now. So so if people are interested in um, one of the main things we would do is we do these what we call walking movement leader trainings, which is inclusive to rolling on a wheelchair all that's always um but people who are interested in hosting these really whether it's really casual or very specific themed events uh, we offer these trainings for teams or individuals that um that help people get started that and, and we kind of we frame it in like tips on how to maximize connection like how do we help people slow down and connect with each other through so it's not always just like we show up on a walk and we got to get the miles and count all our steps. Like there's mm -hmm. a place for that, but ours is really, really about how are we making meaningful connections with each other and the places around us and with ourselves as we're moving. Um, so yeah, so walk to connect or just, you know, my creative work is all under the umbrella of intrinsic paths. And so intrinsicpaths.com is my website and I have an inquiry form there and um, I, I work with a lot of, you know, nonprofits or government groups or some, you know, faith-based groups, neighborhood associations, um, just to support starting or hosting events like these. And um, I call myself a walking artist. And so I'm also, you know, at any given point, I'm, you know, walking for weeks at a time I and, and drawing and writing. The book just came out in August. So it's, um, you know, it's a hardcover book or it's a, you know, it's a physical hard copy book, but it's also an audiobook. So I encourage people to consider the audiobook. I narrate it and my publisher did such a great job of putting it together. Um, you know, I started the walking tour or the walk book tour with a walk from Providence to New York City, which was two weeks walking along the East Coast. And so, so yeah, connecting uh, just through intrinsic paths is the best way. And there's just different options for how people can get connected to my work. And you know, a great place to start is just leaning into the book. It's full of practices and stories and essays. I have a lot of my artwork in the the physical copy. Um, and it's it touches a lot of these themes, like you were saying at the beginning, you know, the um, courage and compassion and joy and, and resistance and justice and health and, you know, a lot of these things that, you know, impact all of us in different ways. And um, so... And I had, you know, you, you speak about being a Marine, like there were a lot of veterans that would join me um, on mm -hmm. the walk and um, the mental health benefit of moving at an unhurried pace to just process or, or not process, but to just be with the very real things that people are carrying experiences, trauma, um, like it's so much more than just a walk around the park. Like this is, this is medicine. We're made to be doing this. And we just have, there's a lot of room to, to get really creative and intentional with how we kind of nurture each other, you know, across all of our differences, but also where we have a lot of common ground. So. Right. Right. Man, you know, this has been one of the most interesting conversations and, you know, like I told you before the interview, I mean, I, I'm so, I was so excited to speak with you today um guys you guys got to go out and check out the book walk slow down wake up and connect at one to three miles per hour by jonathan stalls 
Jonathan, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate you so much. And, uh, man, you know, g- give us some parting words. Give, give us some parting <laughs> words you want to leave the, uh, the peeps out there with. Yeah, well, I'm I'm honored to be here, and thank you for the for the just the meaningful questions and and the hosting of this space. I a couple seeds, you know, maybe to plant, like even beyond the book and 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 connecting, you know, to to the work that I do. That, that I would say one of the primary invitations is to, um, in your own way, right out your front door, is to, you know, find um, your own maybe intentional for 10, 20, 30 minutes, just slowly walking um, or rolling if you use a wheelchair, but just protecting mm-hmm. time to move in an unhurried way and lean into presence and and look at the tree and the leaves a little longer and um, be mindful after 20 minutes, what starts to come up in the heart and in the mind. And, um, you know, I, I love, there's an, another author called Shane O'Mara and he's a neuroscientist and he really talks so much about what happens after 20 minutes in our brains. You literally create new neural pathways after 20 minutes of moving the, in an unhurried way. And you are able to shed and let go of certain things that are heavy or, or causing blocks or stress. And so I just invite people in their own way to ride out their front door. It doesn't need to be a long distance, multi-state, what, like just start with 20, 30 minutes as, um, as a new form of medicine for how we get creative and how we help work through hard things and how we find joy and surprises and meeting new people in, in, in meaningful ways. So, yeah. Right, man, Jonathan, that's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show. Okay, guys, you all need to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any other episodes. And lastly, remember, we are syndicated, so this show will be on Up To Me Radio channel and on the following apps, Spotify, Amazon Music, Alexa, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and, of course, TuneIn. I look forward to serving you in the episodes to come. I'll see you the next time around. Until then, cheers, take care, and as always, Jimbo is certainly in for the win. Peace out.